Well, it's Christmas. And I, uh, I'm going to talk to you about the Christmas tree that matters most. I um, was in a, uh, went to a store uh, the other day, and I was amazed at what I saw. I, uh, they had all the, all, the, all the Christmas trees. They had hundreds of them, okay? <laughs> but they had, of course, Christmas trees that we're accustomed to. But then you go further down, and you saw, I saw, of course, white Christmas trees. Then I saw a red Christmas tree. That kind of, I like red. I'm thinking, that's pretty neat, but boy, it's a red Christmas tree. Then I saw a, uh, a purple Christmas tree. And then I saw a black Christmas tree, and I didn't quite get that. I didn't know the but kind of black's a little weird. I don't know about that. But if you got one, hey, God bless you. Merry Christmas. If you got a black Christmas tree. Uh, it's okay. Just I'm thinking, black's a little weird for Christmas. I kind of think bright colors, you know. But hey. So I realized there must be a really market for Christmas trees. And uh, so, uh, so we, have, we have a little white Christmas tree, in our, and then we have a, the regular green Christmas tree that, that looks real but isn't. But uh, um, Christmas trees seem to matter, don't they? I mean, people go to a lot of trouble if we got a Christmas tree. I remember when we had little kids, we would go to the Christmas tree farm. And truck through the cold and the mud to find the Christmas tree that would be the epitome of Christmas for us. And so we we would we would find a tree, cut it down, and and those those little hands would grab hold parts of it and drag it to the car, and we'd put it on top and take off. And um, a lot of fun in finding a Christmas tree. I want to talk to you about the Christmas tree that matters most. In, in Matthew chapter 1, verse 5, Matthew provides an interesting insight into the family tree of Jesus. And this would be the original Christmas tree. This is a tree that reveals and reflects incredible grace and love like nothing else. For Christmas is the season for grace and love and hope. Hope for those who need grace because grace is available. So I I look at this with you and let's begin. I'm not going to read the genealogies of Jesus from beginning in verse 1. You know the temptation is if you ever commit in January 1, we're going to read through the Bible. And you've come to the genealogy and say, I'm going to skip those. You ever done that? Go ahead, raise your hand if you've done that. All right, yeah, yeah. We do that because, God, I don't want to pronounce the names. I don't know who those people are. But you know, they really are important. They all have a story. They all say something significant about the grace of God. And so I'm not going to read them all, but I want to go down uh, to verse 5 and read just a couple of verses. Salmon, the father of Boaz, whose mother was Rahab. Salmon, okay, look at this. Salmon, the father of Boaz, whose mother was Rahab. You need to realize that Rahab is a significant person. Boaz was the father of Obed, whose mother was Ruth. 
And Obed, the father of Jesse, and Jesse, the father of King David, and David, the father of Solomon. That's a pretty good roll call right there, incidentally. I mean, that's kind of the, that's kind of the heavy weight of the, heavy weight of the tree. Because David's real significant in the family tree. Uh, Matthew, as a good Jewish writer, gets that because of verse 1. He said, a record of the genealogy of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. So you've got Abraham gets the tree started, but then David's a significant part of it, uh, a good marking place in the tree, and he has all these people around him. And when you would read the genealogy, you'd read through them and go, okay, Obed and Salmon and, and Ruth and then, okay, and, and, and Rahab, and we kind of just move right over that. And maybe David gets our attention. Abraham certainly gets our attention. Rahab should get our attention. We are introduced to Rahab in Joshua chapter 2. I'll tell you the story. But I want you to turn over there to Joshua chapter 2. Because one person stands out as an incredible illustration of grace. And that is Rahab. So we'll let the Bible speak for itself. Now, let me give you the background. Joshua is now the new leader of the Hebrew people, those who had come out of the Exodus in Egypt, been delivered across the Red Sea on dry land uh, because they would not go possess the land, the promised land. They would not cross the Jordan River to go into the land God provided for them. They had to wander the wilderness for 40 years till a generation died that would not go. And in that process of time, uh, Moses didn't get to go in the promised land because he lost his temper, did something God didn't want him to do. And so he didn't get to go. So he passes the baton on to Joshua, who is going to be the new leader of God's people. And so he's ready. They go now. They're ready to go with a second generation. And they're moving. They're going to go across the Jordan River. Their first encounter in warfare is going to be the city of Jericho. Uh, uh, the archaeologists tell us that as they find things there, the, the walls of Jericho were as wide as they were high. People actually lived in the walls. They were the size of, of good condominiums, if you will. It was an amazing fortress that, that would surely stand the test of time. It may have stood the test of time, but it cannot stand up on the power of God. And so, while it was amazingly engineered and built to last forever, it did not last. When Joshua made his assault on Jericho. Jericho uh, Joshua sent spies out. And uh, they entered Jericho, uh, trying to scout it out and check it out and... And somehow two spies, uh, they, some spies got connected with this woman Rahab. Now let's read together what it, what it says here. Then Joshua, the son of Nun, secretly, chapter 2, verse 1, sent two spies from Shem to go there, look over the land, and said, especially Jericho. Look it over, check it out. Okay. So they went and entered the house of a prostitute named Rahab and stayed there. Strange. Obviously a pretty good cover, and no one would consider it strange that men were going in and out. The woman had taken the two men and hid them. 
as they were looking for these spies. And she, had, and she tells them the story of what she's heard. She says, we have heard about your God. We have heard what he did in, in Egypt. We have heard about the parting of the Red Sea. We have heard about the things that he did to provide for you in the wilderness. We've heard about your God and our hearts are afraid. We are melting with fear. We are paranoid. Our leaders are are on edge. They don't know what's going to happen when you start coming across the Jordan River. I would to God our culture would feel that way today. When God's people would move. Jericho was gripped with fear. She had heard. And you know what the Bible says. Romans faith comes by hearing. And she had heard about the God of the Hebrews. The God of the people of Israel. And, and she had now been drawn to this amazing God. That she felt was greater than their God. And the gods they worshipped. And so she begins to uh, have this encounter with these men. And she takes care of them. She responds to them. And then I want you to go over uh, to verse 12 of chapter 2. Now then, please swear to me by the Lord that you will show kindness to my family because I have shown kindness to you. Give me a sure sign that you will spare the lives of my father and my mother and my brothers and sisters and all who belongs to them. And that you will save us from death. And they said, okay, now I want you to go down to verse uh, 17. The men said to her, this oath, you made us swear will not be binding on us unless when we enter the land you have tied this scarlet cord in the window which you let us down. Pretty amazing. He said, we're going to know which one it is. (laughs) We're going to tell everybody when they see a scarlet cord, don't destroy anybody in that dwelling. And the indication is, according to Scripture, is when the walls crumbled, that one was the one standing, that little section, that they could be spared. Now, when they got them out safe and sound, I'm sure that thing crumbled too. But here's the thing. Uh, you, you see this. Now, if you go over just a couple of chapters, verse 23 of chapter 6. So the young men who had done the spying went in and brought out Rahab, her father and her mother and her brothers and all who belonged to her. And they brought her out, her entire family, and put them in a place outside the camp of Israel. All right. Now, you say, why is that? Because she was a Gentile. Actually, should be, uh, uh, could they consider Narab? Picture this. There is a woman who is a Gentile, who is a prostitute, who is in the family tree. Can you imagine that just for a minute? People want to say, how do you know the Bible's real? Because if I was making it up, I'd have left that out. If I wasn't worried about accuracy, I'd have left that one out. The Bible is so transparent when it comes to the grace and love of God. So as we look at this, I want you to see this with me because here's what I want you to know about Rahab. She was outside the camp. Now, eventually, she gets to go inside the camp because she becomes really understanding what it meant. to. She went from being a God-fearer to a God-follower. 
And now she goes through the process and she's married by a Jewish man named Salmon and he makes her into the, into the family, so to speak. And now God does an amazing thing. The Christmas tree that matters most. I want you to see something with me. Rahab has a place in the tree for all to know and see. It's amazing. This woman that did not deserve any respect is in the family tree. She's the great, 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 great grandmother of Jesus. It kind of, kind of reminds us: Do we always give our Christmas gifts based on merit? Don't raise your hands. What about when you give and merit's not the issue? Just give because you give. It is clear this woman did not merit anything. And yet, this amazing tax collector, Matthew, is very careful about keeping records. He makes sure we get the genealogy right. And he says, this woman, Rahab, has a place in the tree for all to know. And so he lists everybody. goes on down. How is that so? Because we're told that the way you get into the family tree here and the way that you're recognized here uh, and the way we get into the family tree today is by faith. Abraham's faith was counted for righteousness. And that's what, he was the beginning. His faith that heard a voice from God say, I want you to go to a land I'm going to give you. And by faith, he began to make that journey. He believed what he heard. He responded to a, a God that was beyond the gods of the Babylonian area. And made a journey to a place that God had promised him. And we're told over and over again, his faith was counted for righteousness. God took a man and built a nation. Because this man had faith. And the God who spoke to him. Now I want to tell you something today. Things haven't changed. It is when we point our faith toward, toward the finished work of the cross... It's counted for righteousness. It's not because I do something spectacular or I do something wonderful or I do something that's real Christmassy. It's because I do something that the Bible requires called faith. I simply extend my faith to the truth that God shared in my heart and my life about Christ and why He came. And in doing so, my, that faith counts is counted to make me righteous, to make me right with God, even though in my real life I cannot do anything to make that happen. I am not right. But God makes me right through Christ. That's the beauty of Christmas. There's a place on the tree for all to know and see. And Rahab illustrates that so well. But what about you? What about me? So we look at this and we go, okay. This is the Christmas tree that matters most. I want you to look at this with me. I remember I told you last week about the lights. When you have the lights on the tree, 
That should, we should be celebrating Jesus as the light of the world that came in our darkness. So I hope each day in Christmas when you plug the tree in, you go, man, there's a light in the world. And you take a moment and reflect on it and enjoy the real meaning of Christmas. Okay? But let's take some, because something else we do that always works for us a little bit. And, and, and that's, uh, we use the ornaments. This one is Abraham. By faith, Abraham was counted righteous. And he got to be a part on a family tree, just by faith. Now, he did a lot of good things. He also did some stupid things and bad things. But by faith, he was kind of a righteousness. And so he gets to be there. And, and, and you think about that, and that, that's pretty good. And then, and then uh, there's a guy named Isaac. Okay, Isaac got to be part of the tree by the same process, faith. Okay. And then you got a guy named Jacob. These are the patriarchs uh, of the, the, the Jewish nation. Jacob, by faith, got to be a part of the tree. All right? Pretty amazing. These guys get to be a part of this. They're a part of this genealogy. And while they all did some amazing things, they also all did some stupid things. A lot like you and a lot like me. Some were selfish. Some were fearful. But they still had a faith that came for righteousness. And their life began to change and, and reflect the faith which they had in, in, in the God of the Jews and the God that we know and serve our Creator. So, and then, and then you go and, and then you have a guy named David who is a man after God's own heart. And see, I think that is so amazing to me. I mean, that's just so amazing. And then, in the midst of all these amazing characters, and in the genealogy, only, there's only uh, a handful of women mentioned. Because men did rule the world in Old Testament times. Among all these men, there stands out Rahab. She's there for everybody to know and see. Say, what's this thing? Man, what's this thing? This is the thing called grace. We, we see, well, we get it. Abraham was kind of a special guy. Well, you know, he wasn't perfect, and he, he certainly had to have faith to be kind of righteous, but he did a lot of great stuff. He was the father of the nation. And then, and then Isaac kind of carried the baton, and then Jacob had all those sons, and, and you see how God was working, but, 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 Rahab? What an illustration of grace. You see, because of that, I, I, there's amazing hope for anybody, isn't there? To be a part of the tree that matters most. Before the birth of Christ, this was his genealogy. He was born. He lived for uh, 33 years, three years and a half, roughly three years and a half. He ministered amazingly, did miracles and wonders and, and showed a great amount of love and grace. He died on a cross because that's the whole purpose of Christmas. Christmas is not about celebrating a baby. It's about celebrating a sacrifice. That's why so many people have a problem with it. Nobody has a problem with a baby. 
But everybody, you see, I, I, it's amazing. Those who really, really have a problem with Christmas, it's because they know what it really means. I think sometimes they know what it means more than we do. It bothers them. Because everybody knows that baby grew up. And those little tiny hands that were celebrated in the stable became hands that stretched out on a cross and were nailed there where he bled and died. And then there's a guy named Paul who gets to be part of the tree. And all of a sudden, the apostle Paul jumps in because you say, well, now how is he part of the tree? Because, because the New Testament says we're adopted in the family of God. We have a place in the kingdom. Matter of fact, the Bible says we're joint heirs with Jesus. I'm kind of like his brother. I'm in the family tree. You see, because by faith, I've been counted righteous. That's got my name on it. I'm in the tree that matters most. That was in June of 1963. March 16, 2003, Charlene became part of the tree. By faith and grace, like so many others of you, because the truth is, you know that you got an ornament with your name on it that you could place on the tree, don't you? Isn't that a good feeling? I mean, really? Isn't that kind of what makes Christmas Christmas? The greatest gift of all you could have is life, eternally with Christ. And then, you know, I got one here with a question mark on it. Because I'm always wondering who's next. Who's next? Who would be the next person to, by faith, be made righteous? You see, it has nothing to do with what you can do and what you can change and how you can be better. It has nothing to do with that. Rahab had nothing to offer. She, she realized that there was a God out there greater than the gods of Jericho. The gods of her world were not sufficient to satisfy her deepest need and emptiness. And she heard about one that was greater than all those. Something stirred within her. She felt her unrighteousness. She knew. And she simply begged for mercy. And they said, you hang that scarlet thread in your window. And it'll be okay. From Genesis 3.15 all the way to the book of Revelation, do you know what we call the message and the work of God in reaching us? It's referred to as a scarlet thread of redemption. It starts in Genesis 3.15 and works all the way through every book in the Bible of God's work to reach and save you and save me from sin. Rahab has a place in the tree for all to know and see, but one other thing, Rahab has a part in the eternal plan and purpose of God. You must understand the whole purpose of Jesus coming 
The whole purpose of having a genealogy you could trace. The whole purpose of having those outstanding characters of faith to line up to produce a lineage of the son of David of the tribe of Judah. The lion of Judah. whole purpose was to provide a Savior to pay for my sin and yours. And this amazing woman got to be part of that plan. And so can you. Because it ain't over yet. You get to be a part of the plan as you finally decide you want to put your faith in Christ. And really, Become a part of the tree that matters most. Or as Revelation put it, have your names written in the Lamb Book of Life. That's what matters most, my friend. That's what matters most. Christmas is more than a mere winter festival. It's the story of the length and depth of God that reaches His hand of grace into the center of our lives. How much does God love you? So much that he sent Jesus. And Jesus holds out to you a scarlet cord of redemption. I just grab hold of it by faith. You say, how do you know Rahab had faith? Because she put the scarlet cord in the window. How you know? How you know? Isn't it time you grab hold of the cord? That's what, and then maybe you can be on the tree.